Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. My friends, people are angry. Yes, people are angry and they are also still very fearful. You can hear it in the news, you can read it on social media posts, and then let us remember that there are those who are both angry and fearful at the same time. You see, the effects of the coronavirus, as well as the stay-at-home orders across America, seem to be putting many Americans in distress. Bouncing back and forth between anger and fear, many of us are feeling frustrated and agitated and worried and confused, and man, we can keep on describing it with all sorts of different words. But perhaps the best way to explain everything that we are going through is that we are lacking peace. Yes, that we are lacking peace right now. Sure, many Americans have peace and quiet at home without the busyness of life, 
but during this pandemic and during the stay-at-home orders across all the different states, well, an unsettled mind has emerged. We're not at peace because our security and safety and normalcy have been shaken. We are not at peace because we are in the midst of a war against COVID-19. Our safety and our prosperity and our happiness have not only been threatened, but removed, leaving us with a lack of peace. Yes, a lack of peace, which then opens that door to anxiety and anger, uncertainty, and yes, those sighful aches. Things are not made any better, though, when we turn on the news or social media, for the messages that we hear are not voices of peace, but voices that echo the insecurity and the fear and anger already inside ourselves, in our heads themselves. It is no wonder why experts are so worried about a rise in suicides during COVID-19, The social distancing that we are all practicing not only is creating economic hardship for many individuals, but enhancing social isolation and loneliness for some people. And here's the catch. When we are left alone, when we are left with our own thoughts, well, these thoughts that we have often do more harm than good because that insecurity and that fear and that anger They reside with ourselves when we are alone. This is why we need the voice of the church right now, more than ever. You see, dear friends, the Christian church is unique in that it gives to troubled minds and souls. The Christian faith is not like all the other fake religions in the world that demand you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but rather Christ's church, get this, speaks peace. It speaks peace because Jesus speaks peace. Consider for a moment our reading from the Gospel of John this morning. The disciples, they were all locked in a room after the crucifixion of Jesus. No, they were not locked in a room because of a stay-at-home order, but because they were afraid. Yes, they were afraid. They were afraid because Jesus, their Messiah, their leader, was just crucified, died, and buried. However, amid their fear, yes, amid their fear, in that locked room, Jesus came and he stood before them. He stood before them, not with anger, but to give them peace. The disciples, keep in mind, those disciples, they were lousy friends and pathetic disciples. They abandoned Jesus in his death. Jesus would have had every right to smite them at this point. However, he knew their fear and therefore spoke peace to them. But we must be careful at this point, dear friends. The peace that Jesus gives is quite different than how we understand peace. You see, it would be a mistake to believe that Jesus was leaving his own feelings, his own disposition of peace with the disciples. In other words, Jesus didn't calm the disciples and calm the room by exerting a calm disposition upon them. He did not use a sedated, airy voice, a tender face with maybe a small smile of comfort, and then effeminate hand gestures to calm everyone down. Jesus, he was not mothering the disciples. Hush, little ones. They're there. 
Yes, there, there. I'm going to make you some hot chocolate, sing you a lullaby, and tuck you into your special beds. To the point, though, Jesus was not trying to transfer his peaceful disposition to them, nor was he trying to invite them into a peaceful tranquility. Jesus was not trying to implement uh, some sort of so-called Buddhist inner peace by getting the disciples to calm their minds. What this means, dear friends, is this. The peace of Christianity is not a subjective feeling. When Jesus encountered the disciples in their locked rooms with fear, yes, he was not speaking a subjective feeling of peace to them. But instead, the peace of Christ is an established, objective peace. It is a reality. It is given regardless of the circumstances of life and especially regardless of our feelings. Think of it this way. The peace of Christ is a security that you, as the baptized, yes, you as the baptized have during the attacks of the devil, knowing that as bad as it gets, the devil is a defeated foe. That is peace. The peace of Christ is the reality that your sins are forgiven and that you will not suffer the wrath of God on that great last day. That is peace. This peace of Christ is an assurance that you are given by the Holy Spirit through that gospel that allows you to step into death without fear. Yes, without feeling fear. That is peace. The peace of Christ is for you to know that you belong to Christ who has defeated death and is your life. The peace of Christ is to know that Jesus has defeated sin and death and the devil for you and nothing can change this reality for you as the baptized. And so, this established, this objective, this concrete peace that you have in Christ is not the same peace of the world. The peace that the world gives only comes when evil is removed. Whereas the peace of Christ is yours regardless if there is evil or not. Listen very carefully. The world will strive for peace by trying to remove anything that is evil or threatening to us as humans. This is the only kind of peace that the world knows. It is a kind of peace that results in us working to eradicate evil, which I might add is good, and then establish a perfect, peaceful utopia. But here's the catch. Once evil is destroyed, worldly peace is only temporary until the next threat arises and comes at our way. And so, like a carrot on the end of the stick, the world frantically pursues peace, but never fully and never permanently achieves it. The world seriously exerts itself to remove evil for the sake of obtaining perfect peace, but it is never, never a lasting peace. The peace that the world gives can vanish as quickly as it comes. But you, as the baptized, know that the peace of Christ is yours regardless of the troubles in this life. The Lord Jesus Christ, he spoke and he gave peace to those disciples in that locked room after his resurrection. But keep in mind that the disciples did not live happily ever after with worldly peace, happiness and prosperity and safety. As we know from church history, 
all the disciples except John experienced extreme persecution and martyrdom. Yes, experienced extreme hardships because of the Christian faith. For example, Matthew, yes, Matthew, who penned that gospel in Matthew, was killed with a battle axe in Ethiopia for the Christian faith. Peter, yes, bold Peter, he was crucified upside down. The Apostle Paul, well, he was beheaded by Emperor Nero. And let us not forget Mark and Luke, the authors of the second and the third gospels. Mark was dragged to pieces in Alexandria, and Luke was hanged in Greece. And yet, my friends, get this, get this, every one of these disciples and followers, they died in the peace of Christ. Baptized saints, there's a peace. There's a peace in the Christian faith that the world cannot give and cannot take. It is the peace of Christ given to you. There's a peace in the Christian faith that executive orders, stay-at-home quarantines, and social distancing cannot give and the coronavirus cannot take. This peace is found in the words of holy absolution that declare you forgiven of all of your sins. It is a peace that is found in your baptisms, knowing that you have been snatched from the darkness unto light, that the God of the universe has placed his name upon your head, marking you as one of his own. It is a peace that is held up to you. Yes, it is a peace that is held up to you in that bread and that wine, the true body and blood of Christ given for you. Take and eat, take and drink, peace. It is a peace of conscience that transcends mere emotions and circumstances so that you might have joy in good fortune and misfortune, that you may have assurance when life is sweet or sour, that you may have courage in sickness or health that you may have rest in the midst of unrest. So today, peace be with you in the name of Christ. Peace be upon you in Jesus' name. Jesus is not only the true gift of your peace, but the one who is able to establish you in peace, objectively and concretely. The peace of Christ be with you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.